just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curves Welcome to the backyard at 4624, episode 121 of Cowboy Show with Ted and Wasey. We are doing a full-on show here today. We're going to have a couple cuts and ups and downs and stuff, and I'm going to get this tree branch <laughs> out of my branches way. in your Bounds face. <laughs> get out of here, tree branch. Get out of here, Keith. Ted is at maximum comfort level for the backyard pod. Ted yeah. is literally living I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of what we can do these backyard pods. They're so yeah. sick. That one we, we just done, did one with Jake a couple months ago. Um, now we got one here with Cole. You guys yeah. have, be sweet. You guys have adequate room to be uh, playing cornhole back here, too. I don't know we if you do. guys Dude, have Dude, you know what I was hey, talking about? Was before we get golf. going too far, though, you got to just keep the mic on your, like, kinda on your, on your beard. On my body. On, 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 on your person. On your person. You see how oh, dude, he's got? You're not going to want to know what flavors are in this thing this morning. You know what I'm saying? Am I going to have to? Boys, this is day three of Stampede. There's oh no telling what's lingering in this mustache. Yours, oh too, my buddy. God. Yours, too. Do I need to uh, sanitize the microphone after? 100%. I would take all precautions for your own safety, for sure. The other day, the other day, Jen made soup at home soup? for lunch. It was soup it was so good. July, and then we were kissing. July and she's soup? like, "Oh, your mustache is so salty." I'm like, "Yeah, because I still got some soup in it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what you, is that what the kids call it nowadays? That good soup, soup. Good soup. <laughs> that good soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you guys, she's sitting right there. Oh wait, that's her. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so anyways, I'm gonna so go back to the backyard. Okay, but before we go to that, okay. uh, we got to introduce our our uh, guest slash co-host slash. Uh, new f- new slash old friend. New slash old friend. Yeah, yeah. Cowboy the one Cole. and only. He's well, he's Cole well known in our industry. Yeah, around the TikTok realm, we've done some uh, video collaborations with him in the past little bit here. Yeah, he is kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm shaking babies too. Like you can't leave out the babies either. Why are you gonna shake the babies, dude? Well, sometimes when a hot rodeo mom hands it to you, I don't know what else to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, back to where I was before. Yeah, the backyard. Storm and I were talking about how. I th- I the game of croquet, which is a, gr- a wonderful backyard sport that croquet stuff to play. I think this would be an awesome backyard for a sweet croquet track. Croquois, yeah, that could be pretty good. But so though, croquet, that could be cool. I yeah. think it'd be now sick. we have a water feature back here. It's pretty awesome. Oh, you could do like one. We have to like loop up the hill. That could be cool. Be sick. I'm out. Anyways, that's yeah. not much to do with what we're talking about today. But since we're talking about the backyard, yeah, got some croquet happening. So for those that don't know, this is our the apple tree. <laughs> right about we're right up underneath the apple tree. Crab apples. Um, it's a war zone back here when the trees start yeah. falling, the apples start <laughs> the, falling off the tree. In the it gets fall, nasty it gets back a here. Red. Just an absolute minefield. Yeah, um, rain. Garden is not growing very well so far. Have not had enough heat. The peas. <laughs> you are haven't had enough time to tend your garden, even though you've been on the road oh. quite a bit the past while, yeah. Teddy boy. Well, yeah, I guess because we were in Pinoca, Pinoca Stampede is a big week. Uh, I am. I think I'm still tired from that. It's a big one, but uh, yeah, I had a great show up there. Uh, tough way to start things off, um, but I mean, you know. Accidents happen in the rodeo business, and uh, it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, it was it was tough accident there that happened mm-hmm. before we got started. Um, Alicia McKendrick, our thoughts and prayers with your family and and friends. And um, I don't know what else to say with that waste. That was for, I, well, for me going to that big event for the first time and doing what I did there for that to happen in a in a rehearsal was it's a tough deal. Really awful way to start, but uh, but I think that the event still. 
still went really, really great. And and there's a nice acknowledgement at the end of the event, at the end of the week yeah. for for Alicia and her fam- and her family and mm-hmm. kind of put put some stuff to rest that that was kind of looming over top of it as mm-hmm. a kind of like a dark cloud in a sense. So I think that it was handled very well by the whole Pinocchio Stampede team and everybody involved. So yeah, like you said, thoughts and prayers with Alicia and her family. That's mm-hmm. That's a tough way to get her started, but it sounds like you guys finished the week strong. Yeah, it ended up being a great, uh, great event and and lots of great content. Lonnie West, that was probably the highlight for Man, me. Man, that was a they cool announced board it as ninety three points in the in the beginning there. That was uh, that was pretty. I finally got to see the video like not long after, uh, a couple days after it, and it was it was an I was an awesome bull ride. Yeah. A lot of times when you see those like some of those ranked bull rides, they don't the video doesn't do it full justice. That one did, and that one was like there was no doubt about it. That was a ninety two and a half point or a quarter point bull ride, whatever it ended up being. And some of the photos, there's a gal who posted some photos of Lonnie, and you could like the sun was like setting in the background, and, <laughs> and that bull was just like getting it, and Lonnie was yeah. putting sticking on there. Pretty cool. So it was one of those neat. once in a lifetime cool DLC. moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's probably one of the best bull rides I've ever seen live. I think. Yeah. Like yeah. anywhere I've been. So hats off to Lonnie. He's on an absolute heater. The uh, those those top those guys, that, that group of guys is doing so well. Like Jared's like riding really strong. Mm-hmm. Jordy's kind of back on the, yeah, the, the big train. Yeah, there. like they're uh, the they're going run. those guys. So great event, Pinoca. Wacy were in. Uh, you were in uh, Elk Ridge. I was Ridge? in Elk Ridge in and Clooney? Clooney. Elk Ridge was cool, man. That hats off to to Tanner Byrne and and the Elk Ridge community or the Elk Ridge people who put on that bull riding. Man, that's a uh, a world class eh? facility. Yeah. Like, even like, I sent Jen some photos of my room where I got to stay in the lodge where at the golf course there, and like that's like hands down the nicest like rodeo hotel I've got to stay in in my life. <laughs> it was pretty pretty dang nice. And ah, uh, question. Um, well, no. Okay, so keep going. Um, I got some else to add in, in a bit. But yeah, and then I got I was able to wake up early in the morning and golf nine holes uh, before I started setting up speakers, which was really fun. It's like the, they just had a PGA Canada event there the week before, so being able to golf a, a course in that pristine condition was pretty cool. And it was cheap; it was thirty five bucks for nine holes in a cart. Oh, no way! Yeah, yeah so it's pretty cool. So I ha- that was a really the, and the crowd was outstanding there. All right, they're on. awesome. Everybody's engaged, cheering, having a good time. Then made some miles back to Clooney for the Friday night, and it was. It looked like it was going to rain on us pretty good. It was scary coming in. Got out of it, though? Yeah, got out of it, and it was good. Good event. So, L- light, light on the bull, bull rider sides, but it was still yeah. pretty good. All done. Less Slim and his family, they, they do a really good job putting on events. They got their own screen now. They got their own screen. That's it's really fun. sweet. Yeah. So, okay, a couple things. So, that weekend, and going back a little bit further, let's get into the story about... Uh, oh. Let's go back to Rocky, and then let's talk about that and, and with Brett. So, so, just give people the details. So, recently, like this past week, we're leading in San Peter, I put out a... My first blog post, I had to figure I'd get back into the writing side of things, and I called it Between Two Rodeos. <coughs> and part of that story I talked about in Rocky Mountain House in the first part of June, where I had to, uh, Dave, Dave Paulson, who was announcing there, had to end up having to leave early during the Saturday afternoon perf to go do some TV hits for the PBR in, in Red Deer, which was fine. Which, he, which the other side of that is that we had like... You guys got hosed. We had nobody left. Like Doug, yeah. Doug was sick. He couldn't make Lee Park. Doug Young was sick, and then you had Brett was doing Lee Park. And there's no way he's making Lee, uh, from Lee Park to Red But they Deer. were going to let him go for the day. Oh, really? And then that never worked out. So you've got, uh, like, we just had nobody left. And Jesse Byrne filled in. Mm-hmm. We had another, like, Sierra Yaschuk was there as well yeah. in Red Deer. Like, we didn't have anybody anybody left to do the yeah. show. Yeah. Well, and, like, and Doug, or Dave had given me the heads up, like, when I got there on, on Thursday or Friday. The Friday days, I came out. Like, I'm probably going to have to leave on Saturday. Like, are you comfortable doing the bull riding, or if you have to? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm totally fine doing it. And he, and he and he trusted me in the job too, which was fun, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so and there's lots of help there with between. Yeah, uh, and there's like De- like Dennis is there, and and you know what I mean. Like, so <laughs> honestly, the hardest part of the whole deal was trying to play music and hold a mic in my hand. I should have had the headset <laughs> there. I could have should have rigged that up to get going. But well, and you've been around enough of them. You've seen enough of them. You know. Well, and I think. 
think, and like as I said in the story, it's like if there's any event in the rodeo for me to have to announce, the bull riding is one of them. Like all my yeah. buddies, like Lonnie and all those guys were out that day, so I know all the boys. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Pretty know most of the bulls these days. Like it's not like they're just pulling some some jack out of the crowd to to do or some volunteer to come do the announce the last part of the rodeos. So yeah. um, it was pretty cool. Like it was like like. As I, again, as I mentioned in the story, I won't be pulling an announcer card anytime soon because I don't think no, myself it's just as an like announcer. A but it's just it's one of those things. Scenario where it happened. <laughs> I thought it was really cool because it's it's like we're all like working together to get it done. Like you know what I mean? Like it yeah. it's, it sucks that we, everybody were short announcers and that it probably shouldn't happen all the time. But sometimes it does, and we all came together and it was able to cover every every event that was going on that day and make it all happen like really good. So and I guess anybody that you know, I could see where there might be a complaint for a, a CPA carded announcer that might not. Have been working that day, like I could see that part of it. But the other mm. part of it is that, you know, to bring in an announcer for seven bull, seven bull rides yeah. is a little bit overkill. And I gotta say, I don't know what the point of the card system is. <laughs> yeah, it's I just like yeah, I could argue that way, but like I don't, I don't see the point. Like I have my own yeah. corporate general liability insurance. Like if they're trying to say it's an insurance thing, mm. if you're trying to keep it at a certain level, maybe. But it's just kind of like, I think it's just kind of keeping people out of the keeping. Like, trying, it's more so. Uh, keeping people out of it then yeah it's, it's like they're closing off the circle when you have like and you look at it right like this year like a guy like robert schmidt just finally got his pro card where yeah, he probably could yeah. have had the past like, two crazy. or three years like he's he's one of our like the best up and coming announcers and we've kind of talked about that when we we're having brunch years like there's we're getting to see a shortage of like production people really and, like and like the back end of it right like there's a rodeo clown shortage there's not many people doing what we do well so tell me this <laughs> like if a guy like if Ron McLean wanted to come and announce a rodeo, we'd be like, oh, no, sorry, you don't have a card. You don't have a card, you can't, card, you can't, you can't do can't it, yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. No, or it's, if, it's... Or if, like, the host of the, like, Grant Buchanan, like, at the Calgary Stampede, if you have, like, and the, a and local if, radio personality, like, and you don't want them to do it? Yeah. Seriously? I think, and again, like, I it, just off to closing that off for no reason, We and we got to be able, like, we try to open up the circle, like, we got to be, be looking out words or else we're never going to grow and you're never going to bring new people into the game. I also see the point of trying to keep the production at a certain level, but yeah. if you don't have actual production people at those events from the organization, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's I don't an, know what the solution is, but I don't think finding people and doing no. cards to keep people in or out is, if I could find them, I'm not well. paying it anyways. I don't know why they would <laughs> find you. <laughs> or even and if, I'll, I get yeah, you if they're trying to find Dave, I'll pay the, oh, yeah, I'll pay his, I'll pay Dave. And then we'll write about how, how crazy the card system is. I don't know, man. Like it was, it's like, again, like I'm not some, some guy, who was sitting in the beer gardens, Rocky Mountain House? Like we've been no. doing what we've been doing for a long time. I've been yes. around rodeo my whole life. I've been competed in the arena, been on the production side of things now for years. Like it's yeah. not like like I we've hosted a podcast fine. for five. Yeah, years. Yeah, like I, I look like talking I've, about I did the public sport. speaking in four H. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm on TikTok. Right? I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok stuff. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, they should be paying you to announce rodeos. Really and truly, yes. I don't want. I don't want to be paid to announce rodeos. No, but I mean, it's yeah. one of those. It's one of those things. It's just like, I think it's. I don't know. I was, and then even like when, my, when writing the post or like the blog, I, it was never a slight against the CPRA or against Dave or anybody. It was again, no. it was like kind of celebrating how everybody came together to get something done because yeah. and same that doesn't happen very often. Same radio. thing with Elk Ridge. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we yeah. had a bum cable. <laughs> oh man, Gracie was calling me frantically. He went. We're having in a the bad time. Getting ready to go for the show, and he was like, "Oh, the mics don't sound right." And like, it's funny because they're the mics we're using right now, so it's not like they're. It's not like they don't work. Like, and, I knew and, that and they the music sounded fine, fine too. Cause, <laughs> and like, and like. Like we just said, like we've been doing this for a long time, so it's not like it was my first time setting this shit up. Like I know how to put everything in the right spot. I know how to like make sure everything's you know which, working. Which and I know how it's supposed where? to. S- I know how it's supposed to sound. You know, like that's. But that's you don't know the in ears yet. But we'll work on that. That's, yeah, that's step two. Yeah, that's fine. We'll get that you don't get to do that very often. 
um, too. But either either way, either either way with like the with the like the setup and stuff, like I set it up like every other bullrunning I've done in the past however many years, and it just was giving me hell. And and I and <laughs> like and and I think I, I think I was like kind of amplifying the problem because I think I was really the only, only one who's noticing it wasn't sounding correctly. <laughs> but I was like I was just like rattled, and I don't get rattled in those situations. Like I don't don't visibly show frustration, but I was visibly frustrated on that scenario, and. Uh, and Brett, like, and like, as I mentioned in the story, like Brett's Brett's a, the pro of pros. Like he was super chill about it, and like kind of just like help try and help me find solutions and playing around. He had a, a, a wired mic in his truck. I went around and grabbed that to try and change it around. And then lo and behold, it was just like, a faulty XLR cord that was giving me shit. So I was trying to get you to like break down what it could be. Yeah, There's only so many things. Yeah, and that and that's and that's what I was trying to do. I and wasn't I, there. I was trying to help. Yeah, and and yeah, you were doing your best to help me from not being able to see what was going on. And you were working a or show, like. and yeah, and it, so it was it was a shit show. So I appreciated all the support, and then <laughs> and it was funny. Once I changed that mic cable out, it instantly like cha- sounded so much better. And even it's like, lucky it was that one. Yeah, it's funny. It was your main line to the yeah, first I don't speaker. Yeah, what, <laughs> what are the odds of that? Maybe it was just like a test, but Who and then knows? that was it was funny. Like I said, in that if you haven't read the blog post, that Brett, the first thing he looks at me says, he's like, "Well, what did you learn?" I was like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that's the last question. <laughs> that's the last question I can answer right now." Let me so. get through the show, and then we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get through again. This. Yeah, big shout out to Brad. He's he's the pro of pros to work with so that would made it easy but it was fun it was a fun trip like yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to I'd go back TP. to Elkridge in a minute TP is the next one on oh yeah on TP Creek going north eh, four boys? days four days in the wild oh man so, out, in the, out in the twigs <laughs> uh, I'm gonna save this other piece for later in the show let's get to Cole um, okay so Cole your actual name's Cole Robertson correct your TikTok handle Cowboy Cole with a C-O-B uh, C-O W C-O-W yeah. that's correct yeah Cowboy. cowboy. So right. why? Where did where did cowboy come from? Why? You know what? I really I tried to get just cowboy coal with the Y, um, but apparently there's a few other cowboy coals out there in this world. No uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> we revor- uh, reverted to Plan B, which was um, I texted around to some friends. Yo, what do you guys think about this idea? And That's it was cool. that the B O I ending, and everyone kind of seemed to love it. They kind of thought, uh, um like almost not new school cowboy but like just a, just a spin on it you know and it's on brand cuz i'm here to just crack some jokes and try and make you laugh and smile so if if just even saying my name cowboy makes you giggle <laughs> oh you just that, made my job that, that, a hell of a lot easier you know what i'm saying it's a, a one thing i've admired of what you've been doing since i've like kind of been following you and we've kind of got together and do some stuff is you're really passionate about like kind of penetrating that outside audience of like of western you know what i mean like you're not like cause we were talking about it last night you're not we're not like Kind of like us, we're not like core Western. Like we 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 still like follow along the same lines of values. But you're like you're going to, you're doing stand up comedy shows in downtown Calgary. Like you're yeah. doing doing funny stuff there. Like you're, you're you're kind of pushing that limit and going outside of the circle, which not a lot of people are doing these days. So kind of what what motivates you to do that? Um, I've always uh, just been a little bit different, and kind of anything I've ever done in my life, whether it's been um, like when I was selling cars when I got done school, when I was down at school, uh, when I went and worked at the dive shop is I always wrote jokes about it. Whatever was going on around me, whoever was around me, however people were acting, doing things like that, I've always just like wrote jokes about it. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, well, if my brain operates like this, why don't I just kind of let let it do its thing and yeah. see what happens? And then uh, I tried to do stand-up for a while uh, pre-COVID where I'd go up on stage as a cowboy but like without the hat and stuff, and I'd, I kind of wrote more mainstream jokes instead of leaning into being a cowboy, and they were funny. But then I was like, why, don't, why am I not doing like writing jokes about what i know best Mm, and mm. if there's one thing um that's really cool when we talk about like um going outside the rodeo circle is being a cowboy growing up the way we grew up has prepared us for life 
so much more than um, I ever knew yeah. until I left that circle mm-hmm. and got put into different situations with different types of people and growing up with the responsibility of making sure your horse is fed before you are and that he's okay. Like little things like that, man, go so far outside of our world. Mm. And so it's it's been a huge plus as well because adversity, I guess, and like things that I guess I, I, I watch other people view that as a challenge and, oh, they got to overcome that. And I'm just like, shit, dog, that ain't that bad. You know, like I got kicked in the nuts when I was 14 <laughs> by a horse. You know, like that sucks. Like, yeah. Only so has one test. I, I think like, one thing. One and a half. <laughs> one thing I think I've really started to notice over the years is <clears throat> Like you, you're forced—not really forced, but at a young, as a young person growing up in Western and rodeo and agriculture, like you're you learn relationship management at a very young age. Like you, like like BJ Cramps is a good example. Like when he started rodeoing, oh, yeah. he had to go all over the, all over by himself, taking the bus, like finding places to stay and all that kind of stuff. And you you just you learn how to like talk to people and and kind of make friends and build relationships and kind of maintain it. Like mm-hmm. there's when I was rodeoing. In Saskatchewan, I could go to any town that had a rodeo in it and have a place to stay or a place to shower just because you, you get to know the people. You actually have genuine conversation with them. And if you don't, then you you kind of – it's really hard to succeed if you kind of you kind of come an outsider in the game if you don't really do and it. And you turn into yeah. a weirdo like yeah. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's just, it's it's cool because I think I think like, that's a good point you make about, like, growing up the way that we have. It kind of has really prepared us for this. And I'm also fortunate for – being having this opportunity now, like we were talking before, being able to live in the city and see outside of Western, you had the same opportunity uh, being out in Whistler for as long as you were and doing everything else that you've done. I think that's really changed the way you look at the way we, the way, especially the way we approach, like for me, the way we approach what we do, just trying to always be conscious of like trying to look outside rather than always looking within, which I think happens lots within the Western industry. Big time. And it's done nothing but um, help me with my, like when I write, whether it's a sketch, um, stand up just for my own stuff. When you get to go spend time around those types of people, uh, you get to learn about them. So then you learn their ins and outs, just like you know, just like how we make fun of barrel racers and tie down ropers and <laughs> team ropers, like the way they act. Everybody acts their own specific way based off the people they hang out with, and that's awesome mm-hmm. because that's what that's what uh, creates all those situations that make us laugh and make us want to hang out and make us want to enter the next one and keep going. You know, mm-hmm. so it's helped me a ton because so I did a stand up show uh, last Wednesday. And it's at a place called Coys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Coys is closing down. But it was always a show that the producer would always send you a message. Just a reminder. Like, you got to kind of watch what kind of jokes you're telling because there's a lot of people that come through there. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. There would be a ton of different people, types of people that would roll through there. But uh, fortunately, I've had time to spend around these people. And so instead of it taking me back and be like, oh, my God, what's going on? You know how to go. I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I could probably work a joke in around this, you know, play some fun on that. Ain't nobody going to get upset. Mm -hmm. Nobody's getting hurt, you know, especially when it's about true things. Yeah. And and I think it's a slippery slope too. Once you start, if you don't are conscious of that, you're, it's it's a one way ticket to the front page of a newspaper. If you make say the one wrong thing, like we've seen it with a few rodeo clowns in the past, like just making the wrong type of joke to the wrong audience, and that's that because it goes viral and it, and it may not be just, but it does, and and that once again brings like a negative lens to rodeo and western, which we we 
there's enough of that already is if we can avoid it at all costs and kind of open and like again bridge the gap like ted and i talk about this all the time with people people on the show i think it's a good if it's a being, being able to have that like awareness to like know when to <laughs> when yeah. and, and when not to is a, is a big thing yeah like we talked about yesterday um when i was pulling down in to find a parking spot yesterday we i saw that guy out there with a pita sign talking about how um like hurting animals is not entertainment and i literally rolled down my window and was like i'm gonna say something to this guy on my way by and then as i was pulling up to him i was just like what am I going to say right now out of my vehicle that's going to help this situation at all? Nothing. So I rolled my window out. Mm-hmm. What I would have liked to have done and been like, hey, man, I have another pass. Do you want to come with me today? Check it out, yeah. And I will explain and answer any question you mm-hmm. may have, man. And if I don't have the answer, I'm going to know somebody here that does. Mm-hmm. And I would love to do nothing but uh, answer questions. Yeah. You know? I, I can't make you understand. You know, it's just like an addict. You can't help an addict that doesn't want help. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, but... If you're open and willing to it, and I think that's where you catch a, that's where you stumble a lot of them too. Is if you kind of approach them like that, well, then they don't know how to take that. Because I, th- I think there's a lot of times like we, again, this like we were talking about this, is it, it gets it becomes a confrontation when that gets brought in. Like we get very defensive over it, and it be, become like we call them, we ca- like say like, oh, they're dumb, they don't know anything, and like just it's more of a, a confrontation rather than a conversation. If you can yeah. turn that into a conversation, you can have with people and kind of show them and give them the opportunity to experience it. Yeah. I think you'll be have more people being open to to do the thing and like be be around it, which relates back to um, the the idea of going outside rodeo for a little bit because I think where people get tripped up is somebody's just like, oh, roping calves is bad. Why would you rope that calf and tie him down like that? Well, they have no idea that if I'm out on the ranch and I see a sick calf and I'm by myself, well, I got to treat him somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ease in there. I'm gonna rope him. You know, hopefully the mom's not going to be too mean. I'm going to ease down there, get him flanked, work on him, right? Let him go. It's just turned into who can do it the fastest. Mm-hmm. But to somebody who didn't grow up like we did, they would have no idea about that. Mm-hmm. So, like, why would why should we assume? Why should we just jump so quick to conclusions and be like, oh, well, you idiot, like, blah, blah, blah. No. No, just it's just like it. if somebody were to ask me why, uh, why somebody got disqualified in a cricket game. I have no idea. Oh, cool. I played cricket in grade six because I had a crazy <laughs> UK gym teacher. You know, <laughs> I didn't learn the rules. He just said, swing this paddle as hard as you can. And mm-hmm. I'm, all right, dude, I mm-hmm. can do that, right? But I don't know anything about the sport. Mm-hmm. But if somebody took the time and explained it to me, sweet. So tell us more about what, what you've been up to the last few years and, you know, what to, uh, go back to you guys are buckle buddies. Yeah, that was so cool yesterday at the Chucks. Is that where it was? I think so. Somewhere. Somewhere where we were at, yeah. Somewhere, I just noticed. It was on the Midway, maybe, when we were oh, hanging out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um I'm wearing a dog pound stampede buckle from 2014. That was their 100th anniversary too, right? Yeah, and it's been one of those. It was one of those rodeos. Alberta's old stampede. Yeah, I always wanted to win it growing up as a kid, and it's so badass because everybody takes the Wednesday off. No barrel racing. No barrels too. Yeah, it's a long. It's the longest rodeo you'll ever go to with no barrels. Yeah, the pie there at Dog Pound is like next level. And the arena just like does this the whole way. But but it's literally that's why they don't have barrel racing because there's weight like there's. There's, it's a hilly arena, so there's. Is no there a rock in the middle of the arena too? Probably. Yeah, maybe, you know, <laughs> I can't remember. Boat, right? Probably, but yeah, it was just, it was so cool because so like. It's like a seven-hour perf. Yeah, straight up on a Wednesday, Great random cabaret. ass day of the week, best Wednesday. Of my Everybody life. takes the day off and Thursday. Great cab. The Wednesday after Stampede. It does not pay worth a shit. Let's be honest. All the money goes towards the buckles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the team roping paid. I think I won like five hundred and forty bucks a man for winning first dog, mm-hmm. and there was two sections of team roping. So I was only one. I was only one of two bull rides, so I got a bunch of crown money. So it's oh. good. See, that's right. And my, see, and my story is not near as good as Cole's. Like you said, it was 
you like I I just entered. I had my FCA card that year. And I just entered the rodeo because it was on a Wednesday. And I could go, and I would never heard of the Dog Pound Stampede. Never knew oh, nothing. No I knew there was th- th- on the website. Like there's three sections of bull riding, and I didn't check the. Dr- I, I when I did callbacks, they didn't tell me what section I was in. And the first section of bull riding was after the first event, so the second event of the rodeo, and I pulled up there during the rodeo like there were open calves and turns out i was the gunner in the bull riding Uh-oh. so i'd like bail out of the car throw my rope on i think i was like 81 points i think and then they're like yeah now you gotta stick around see because you're probably gonna win so you gotta stay to get the buckle so i just like hung out there all day and then everybody else pretty much fell off how many beers did you drink yeah while you're but he's just oh, i was just cr- i was just crushing twisted teas in the beer gardens waiting to get oh, my buckle. yeah that would have my dad my dad gave me the rodeo so i could he oh, could drive geez. me home <laughs> Oh, geez. oh, that was definitely the twisted T days. Yeah, so yeah. sick. But, but but so you you competed for a long time, and you're, yeah, like I I like I knew you from like the high school rodeo days, or because like I kind of like I never saw you for a long time, and like I kind of like we lost touch, but like yeah yeah. So after uh, after I graduated high school, I went I spent two years in uh, Hobbs NMJC rodeo for Philip so Berry after, down there after me because I was yep. there. You were there like the year after, like after yeah. So I spent a year with Chase Egbor when he did his uh, when he did his victory lap, his third year at a two year school. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you hear this, Chase. <laughs> Chase Egbor. I do the victory lap. Victory so lap was, at a two so you year. Were there in what, uh, like twenty twenty twelve to twenty fourteen? Okay, I was 12. in NMJC. Yeah. Okay, so I and I was out of there by twenty ten. Oh, okay. So you're a couple. Oh, years so you would have been there. With, were you there with like Dustin Round? Yeah. We yeah. Were, we were roommates. Oh, were you? Yeah, until oh, we man. got kicked out. Ted got hit by a car there. Did you hear that story? Well, I got, no. I got <laughs> 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 a lot of shit went down in Mexico. <laughs> man, dude. Hobbs, I was Hobbs, the cops dude. one time with, when, Dust, when Dustin was driving. Like, I got out of the car and, like, I diverted the cops. So we got away from, like, a lot of trouble that time. And then and then another time I got hit by a car in the parking lot in Hobbs. And, like, <sighs> then we got caught drinking. We had a bottle of vodka. Like, we had all the baseball guys in our room. And the, oh, yeah. There was yeah. a bottle of vodka in there. So we got all in trouble. I used to be the mailman at Hobbs, too. Oh yeah, Sandy. <laughs> for Sandy, yeah, <laughs> for Sandy Harden. What a absolute gem yeah. she yeah, was, man. She was place. a beauty. It was just way too. It was way too religious for me, and having been an eighteen-year-old uh, hooligan yeah. from Alberta, Dude. to be able to like not party when you're in college, it was it was like you had a, yeah. you had a sneaky party in the U.S. college. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. like all Which the time. Yeah, yeah, all the yeah. time. Secu- uh, campus security'd come down to the barns there. I don't know how built up it was when you were there, but like. Um, it was decent enough that you could like hide in stacks of bales. I was hiding in fucking <laughs> roof racks, like <laughs> hay racks and trailers and shit. We'd, we'd just run into an LQ and lock it and they'd be banging on the door. Open up. I'm going to open up shit for you. You know, you're yeah. a security guard, dog. I ain't, That's you ain't so got no papers. Not a do, you have, do you have any wild college rodeo stories? Oh, man. I actually just had a chat with Cody Lamb. Um, about when we we loaded His sister up. Sister was there when I was there too. Oh, was she? Yeah, she did Lannan and Hibbon, and he was my roommate too. Hibbon and how many roommates did you have? It was Lannan and Dustin and I. Oh, okay. Then we had a spare room. And oh, the next year yeah. was guest like, bedroom, dude. Because it was, it was me like and a TJ Bowles the next year. Oh, I like yeah, that guy TJ. a lot. TJ, yeah, he's a gem. Yeah, so that was how yeah how it went down, but it was it was quite uh, the place. My my craziest I got out of like rodeo on for a while because of the drinking. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and that's when like did you get an MIP? Uh, I don't think so. No, but it was just like the it was like the campus cops, but they gave a shit. And then like Sandy was so disappointed with me because she was like, I, I didn't, th- she didn't think I drank or anything. Like she thought You're I was a mailman, like, dude. Total. You're a little mail mail boy. Yeah, but but uh, is there any mailman babies running around Hobbs right now? <laughs> 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 but, uh, Probably in Artesia somewhere. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we got in trouble. But then like after that, it was, shit was like on the we were on the rocks like with that whole thing for quite a while. And then then the next year, I went for the fall. And then I, so I went for the fall and then I just bailed. I just took all my classes online and then went home. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm sick of America. So I just (laughs) fucked off. And then they actually made a rule the next year that you couldn't take all online classes. Because I just like, I got my degree from home from the Water Valley Saloon. 
while I was <laughs> <laughs> from the Water yeah. Valley Saloon. Wait, on wing night. On wing night, yeah. So yeah. I just took my test there because there was Wi-Fi. So yeah, and so a yeah, lot I of just help. Bailed out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so funny. But yeah, quite the place, Hobbs. Um, Hobbs, a couple times we got called into uh, coach's office for some meetings about why um, a lot of the men on the men's team had black eyes, and it's because we would host a, a fucking fight club. <laughs> <laughs> in our in our dorm room, so oh, our no. dorm rooms, man, were so badass. We were the only team. So like, when Ted talks about the baseball team, they had to stay in legit dorms. Yeah. We got to live in like apartments. Two beds. I've been I've been in those apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two beds, yeah. two rooms. So yeah, they're, they're badass, yeah. right? So yeah, we would move all the furniture out of the way, and fucking fight club in ding, the middle ding, of the thing. Fight. Are you like are you like like bare knuckle boxing or like are like cage raging? Nope. Why bare knuckle? Well, man, you know what? Were you testosterone and. Yeah, a couple, definitely a couple drinky poos. So are you breaking the rules by talking about Fight Club right now? No. Okay. You're allowed no, because it got sh- it got shut down. <laughs> it got shut down real quick. No, but my favorite uh, my favorite story from school was uh, a bunch of us loaded up and went to Lubbock for the night. And Cody Lamb, we took his van. We go to Hooters first. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna eat. Man, Hooters in Lubbock is sick. Yeah, and then we're gonna go to um, what the hell is that big Western Wild West or something? Like yeah, that? I, I was just about to add in like, Lubbock. Yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. fake ID. Yeah, so Cody Lamb is I going. A crazy story from that bar. Cody Lamb's going out to his van from Hooters, taking shots of Crown. Okay. Oh. My this God. guy gets so fucked up at Hooters. That he goes into the bathroom, his phone, wallet, everything is out on the table. He goes into the bathroom, passes out. Oh, no. Door locked. Oh, no. About 10, 15 minutes go by. The manager comes over. Boys, protocol is if you can't get your friend out of there in the next five minutes, I'm calling the cops. But I will give you five if you can get him out. So Logan Bonnet is like sliding his phone under the door. We're calling it, banging on the door. As the cops show up to the Hooters, Cody walks out. Cody is hammer drunk, okay? He gets fucking put in cuffs like J-Rock no. and Sunnyvale, man. <laughs> and they take him outside. Logan Bonnet goes running up to find out what's going on. Logan almost gets tasered because you do not approach you Texas police at a sprint. You don't run at them. Do not run at, at them. At a sprint, man? That was a wrong idea. Don't ever run so at the cops. So Logan Bonnet just bum rushes these cops, <laughs> almost gets tased down. Uh, he talks to them. They're like, this is what's going to happen. We are going to take him, and we're going to process him. And then uh, you guys can pick him up. And we're like, no, man, like. Come on, we'll just we'll just take him home. We'll just take him home, knowing full well we're just gonna go to the bar, right? And the <laughs> cops like cops like, here here, let me do this. So he goes to Cody. He's like, you want to go to the jail or do you want to go to hospital? And they'll check you out. And if you're good at the hospital, you can go. And Cody's like, fuck you, I'm not going to no fucking hospital. So boom, in the cop car he oh, goes. No. Okay, so Cody, Cody is cuffed and stuffed, man, like a fucking eight point buck. I don't even know. I'm not a hunter, <laughs> but he's bagged, man, and tagged. Off he goes. So we're like, all right, well we got Cody's van. See him tomorrow. We're going to the bar. We go to the bar, and Clay Brownlee was driving. We park. We go inside. We party. Okay? I'm not a big, like, I'm not a a wheeler and dealer. I go (laughs) and get drunk. You guys saw me last night. I don't do well out there. I don't do well in crowds. I don't do do good with crowds. I'm just just hammered at this point. And we leave this place, but Logan and Clay have found two nice ladies. Okay? And we leave. No van. Because we parked in a no parking zone. No. The van has now been towed. Oh, no. So Logan and Clay go back in, round these chicks up, explain the situation. We go to three different impound lots in Lubbock until we find the right one. And Buddy will not let us have this van because none of our IDs say Cody Lamp. We have to pay this man just shy of 400 cash to get this fucking van out of impound to get back to Hobbs. 
It's like four in the morning. We get back to Hobbs. Oh, and you still don't have Cody because he's in jail. Still no Cody. He's in jail. I have to go back and get him. <laughs> yeah. So we, I wake up at like 8.39. Logan's already on his computer in the kitchen looking at the Lubbock County Department thing. And it says that Cody Lamb was released at like 6.06 a.m. Oh, no. And no. it's 9 o'clock in Hobbs, so it's 10 in Texas. Oh, oh no. So we're just like, fuck, we have his wallet. It's two we hours. We have his phone. It's oh, two no, hours away. Oh, no, have all his shit? We have all his shit because he oh. passed out without it in, so he just got stuffed and taken oh, away, no right? Way. This is a tragedy. So a, a, a small truckload of us fucking load up, head back the to Lubbock. The rescue crew. Why did you guys leave Lubbock? Oh, I mean, why does anybody do anything, really? <laughs> Never leave a man behind. You know, 18 years old, I'm like, I don't know, 13 vodka slimes deep. And <laughs> oh, man. And I don't know. Do you remember those big pitcher drinks where they would put the LED light in it? What were those called? You never saw those? I never partied it was that hard, I guess. absolute nightmare. <laughs> that sounds like an extra party. It dude. was an absolute nightmare. But they would give you, you a pitcher of this thing, and they would put a... They'd put a um, a glow stick. A glow stick. That in can't there. be healthy. So it just illuminated green, and of course, it was very good for you. And... Um, <laughs> So we we drive to Lubbock and we go to um, the correctional facility. Go in there, no Cody anywhere. Oh no! And the guy, we're like talking to the front desk guy, and the guy's just like, "Don't know, man. He got released. I don't know where he went." But the jail's kind of like outside of town, and it's like on the side of town that's sketchy on Lubbock. No way! Yeah, so we're just forty-eight like, hours. So literally, we're like, he is getting butt fucked by a meth head in the ditch, and or he has been kidnapped by illegals. He's on his way to. Take drugs. He's being trafficked. Yeah, he's being trafficked. Cody's or getting human trafficked. Or to do some trafficking. Like <laughs> the worst is coming into our brains, and we're all asking each other when, like, at what point do we call his parents, and what at what point do we call the cops? We lost Cody. We lost. Him. Yeah, we've lost. It's this like man. the Hangover when they lose Doug. Yeah. So we search <laughs> Lubbock, man, for a couple hours. There's another rig of uh, rodeo team kids coming from Hobbs to like continue the search. We end <laughs> up shit. having to go back, dude. It reaches a point. It's five in the afternoon. And we are all in Hobbs. Luke Creasy is with us. This is when he used to hang around what? Hobbs. Yeah, you guys never got Cody. It's five p.m. Yeah, dude, it's five hours PM. after his release. And we are literally and uh, Luke Luke Creasy is like, you guys, you guys need to call his parents. Like, we need to start making some fucking phone calls. This man is missing. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, an hour later, when we're in like full panic mode, about to call coach, to bang, bang, bang on the door. Logan opens the door. Cody Lamb. Standing there in a women's jacket, <laughs> screaming, <laughs> screaming his head off. We got dirty cussed by Codifer <laughs> Lamb that day. I guess. Oh I my god. Be, I suppose so. That's so fucking bad. He Holy starts shit. to tell us. He yeah, starts to tell us. Your back. Oh my god. Freaking. He gets put in the slammer like MC Hammer. He's like <laughs> shivering in this cold ass cell, and they they kick him out at like six. And Cody's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know where my friends are. Can I get are. my I one phone, phone call? I have like, no money. Yeah. I don't know their phone numbers in America yet. Nothing like that, right? No way. Because we're still pretty fresh down there. And uh, oh my god, this lady cop sees him standing outside the precinct or whatever you'd call it, just shivering because it's like February in West Texas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking warm. cold. It's warm. It's winter. Gives him her jacket, and he hitches a ride with these Mexican guys to Lubbock. Gets a coffee. He had enough money in his jeans for a coffee and a bus ticket. So he rode the bus from Lubbock to like no. Seminole, <laughs> to Loveland, to like another small community, <laughs> to another small community, and then to Hobbs, man, and got in. He left at like, I don't know, got on the bus at like 10, got into Hobbs at like 7. And oh. just for those that know, it's a two hour drive. Yeah, it's direct. a long that way. Is, dude. Across the West bus Texas. Sucks. Oh, my yeah. God. And oh, so, I've been so pissed at you. But guys. like, I, I honestly, like, thinking back on it, <laughs> we could have done a lot of things a lot of different. 
Uh, a lot of ways different, but ain't nobody got hurt, so he's all good. Glass he's half so empty or he's half here. Right? He's here on he the stampede. Very. Can he write a song about it? I hope he does. I haven't heard him sing anything about it, but he probably should. Holy shit! Because that is hands down my favorite yeah, college story of all the time. The drunk tank blues called losing that. Cody Holy. for Lamb. That's um, a good story. Holy shit! Holy shit! So, okay, so tell, go back a little bit though. You uh, went to uh, Hobbs for a while, then. Yeah. Uh, then you kind of went searching, like there's a little bit of, there's some shit. That yeah, you want. I, uh, to do some wandering. Yeah, yeah I transferred to Texas Tech and I went to Tech for a year and a half. Um, but this is a prime what are you example. Educated in? What's that? What are you educated in? Nothing. No. Because <laughs> this is a prime example of why I went wandering is because I went to Texas Tech. All my friends were going into ag economics, so I was just like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do that too, right? Hang with the boys." That ain't how it works at a school like Tech. Okay. <laughs> I was in a math class of 350 kids. I'm not, I can do math, but I'm not like good at math. And when I needed help, I didn't know where to go. I didn't have the money to pay for it. And I just found myself sitting there going, why am I looking at graph charts and bell curves when I don't even like that? So I packed up and went Respect. home, you know, tried some shit out at home, tried to start a couple businesses. And then I was just like, well, this is kind of dog shit. What'd like, you try? What'd you do? Um, I started a landscaping business. I got my real estate license. I sold cars. Uh, I really leaned heavily into sales because I like talking to people. Did you smoke darts and wear a windbreaker when you were sold cars? No. No? No. Did you ever slap the hood? I want to be in like, this baby's got 200 horses under the hood. <laughs> no, but I accidentally slapped an old woman on the ass. About <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I meant to hit the trunk and I hit her right in the hind. Uh, Serious? No, I'm dead. Oh, I'm dead ass joking. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> oh, man. No. Um, no, I didn't last very long at the car dealership because when I got there, uh, Okotoks GMC was like still very country, very western dealership. But they just got bought out by that Kaizen Automotive out of the city, out of this city. And we went through like three GMs while I was there. One guy actually got escorted out by two of the head owners and the police because he Jeez. was caught uh, snorting cocaine and doing the secretary all in one evening. So oh, wow. he almost had the triple threat, but he was a bit of a pussy, if you ask me. <laughs> so when the wow. last GM showed up and stuck around, um, he all brought us into a meeting one day and was just like, "Okay, hey guys, um, at the end of this month, there's going to be no more jeans, and there's no, and you're going to have to have like a, a nice, always oh, in a collared shirt, obviously, but like they wanted like dress collared shirts, dress pants, business dress shoes." That ain't you, man. And I'm just like looking around at all these people. Just told them to go fuck themselves. And I was just like. Smell you later. And we would be like, no, this is like a country dealership. This is why people come here. People come from the city to us because it is a small town feel. I'm not going to sit here and stab you with a knife until you buy something. And I'm not going to try and shove you into something that isn't going to work. Because at the end of the day, I have morals. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything bad about car dealers. Man, that's a, that's a tough gig selling cars. It, I just had to, I had to throw the, the windbreaker and darts thing in just because I, I went to a like a Ram training thing one time. And it was a, like a room full of guys with windbreakers. And they all had smoked darts during the break. And had slick back hair. It was but wild. But you know when you think about it, though, if you're out there ripping darts in the parking lot, you're going to catch those lingerers out there looking. It's true. And you're going to catch people that it's walk true. before they even get through Sales the door. Tactic. That whole, uh, that whole where it's an even playing field here, you know, everybody gets a walk-in. Fuck that. If you're out there, you got them. You know what I'm saying? So if you're out there smoking darts, I could see that for sure. Smoking mm-hmm. darts and selling cars, boys, that's how yeah. you do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sold cars for a while, then, then, what, yeah. then what, uh, what happened? Real estate and landscaping because I found a huge opportunity to do the landscaping for some of my clients. Yeah. Especially uh, people who own real estate properties, people who had houses listed but were, say, living elsewhere or traveling. You know, their house wouldn't get touched for two weeks so i'm just like hey i actually own you know a small little business and i'll just send a kid there they'll mow it weed whip it oh yeah that'd be great 
You know, that might be like breaching terms might be of a service. Bit of a conflict of interest, but maybe. Hey. But like nobody ever said anything to me. I was just trying yeah. to hustle. And brokerage fees every month were absolutely burying a guy. So hey man, gotta gotta pay them fees. Um, but I learned a lot, and I actually got into real estate because I love the idea of just owning property, owning yeah. land, right? And I really wanted to see the real, uh, like the investment side of it. But the thing that really burnt me out was uh, finding somebody, the place that was going to work for them budget-wise. It would have the two or three bedrooms they needed and the two bathrooms they needed. But they'd walk in there and be like, oh, well, do you think they'd take $15,000 off because uh, I don't like the blue paint? And I'm like, no. No, they won't take $15,000 off for something you can fix tomorrow. Like For $200. For not yeah. $15,000. So um, it, was, it was things like that that burnt me out because that... I've got into a lot of things expecting one thing but didn't look into it enough and had to learn the hard way, huh. which has helped me out a lot doing what I'm doing now. Because you'd be uh, like 28 or 9? 28. 28. Yeah. And then, uh, so then you were in Mexico for a while? What was next? Yeah, I uh, really wanted to travel and my sister and I did a trip to Huatuco, Mexico, which is where my parents went quite a bit. And then we were, we were going to go to Huatuco, Mexico, dive and then go to, over to Puerto Escondido, which is a big surf town. Um, and we were just going to go hang out and surf, party with the locals. Uh, but I fell in love with diving, and I fell in love with the dive shop and the people that work there. And I like to consider myself as just like an all-around athlete, so I like picked up diving no really deal. quickly. How did you just leave no home deal. for that long? Like, How long were you down there for? Um, on that trip, it was only a couple of weeks, but when I went and worked at the shop, I was gone for almost four months. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, because I, uh, I worked at the dive shop for two, two and a half months, and I started traveling Guatemala. And did quite a bit of Guatemala, and I was going to start heading more south to, like, Costa Rica, Panama, maybe hop across to Colombia, and that's when COVID hit. Oh, okay. And I got stuck in this little village on a lake called uh, Lake Adidland, and you can only get to this village by boat. And it was awesome. It was, like, me and 12 or 13 other people from all over the world, a couple Australians, a couple UK, a couple, uh, there was, like, a couple Netherlands, Norwegians, a couple Germans, and we literally just did things my mom would not approve of <laughs> and hung out and combated COVID, my man. Really? And That's almost got cool. arrested by the Guatemalan police one time, actually. Oh, my God. Because the hostel I was staying at was called Free Cerveza. And so they would serve <laughs> free beer from what? like 2 to 4. And 4 o'clock is when supper started. So you would put your name down for supper, and then you would be able to get free beer. And, it, and they came in small cups, right? But, like, you're talking to the a Canadian, name so of I the left hostel with was Free Cerveza? Yeah. Oh, shit. Badass, man. If you ever get a chance to go, because you can, like, glamp in it. And you're staring at a volcano, so you're literally like, the hostel just looks out towards the lake, and it's like, volcano, volcano. Oh, I'm sitting in a hammock, watching it puke out smoke, badass, so <laughs> super cool. <laughs> but they, uh, the Guatemalan president put a curfew on the country that you could only leave your residence from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., and alcohol sales were to stop after uh, 5 p.m., sales. So this place was just like, well, we're all trapped here now. Um, we all figured out, like, obviously this place can't house us all for free. And we are all trapped here, so let's figure out a price that's going to work for everybody that we can survive and you guys can survive. So we figured out what that price looked like. So then it was just kind of like a free-for-all beer anyway. <laughs> well, the fucking Guatemalan police in this village, three of them, reached over the gate, cracked the latch, came walking in. One guy came in with a with his camera out recording all of us the other guy was swinging handcuffs and the other guy was fucking literally walking around like this with his hand on his gun going up to every single person with a beer speaking spanish to him aggressively like i know enough spanish to get into a fight not enough to get out but you can <laughs> tell when it's not good 
And it was not good, dude. And they were like, the manager and the general manager had to come down and force, obviously, they both spoke Spanish fluently um, and had to basically talk them out of arresting about six of us Holy that were holding that were drinking, holding alcohol drinking beer at 5 p.m yeah on a private because, property because to them the cops are like well you sold it to them and they're like no 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 this is included like blah blah blah, like free cerveza blah blah and they're like no they would have had to buy those and they're it's after the curfew so and when was this was this like march this April, was May? uh like, this was how long were you there for before you came home that was in i got home like middle of april when i had to oh, like so you were there locked down for like a month yeah Jeez. And to get out. There's no flights for a long time, probably. You were just kind of fucked for a bit. Well, yeah, we had to get to we had to get to get Mexico to fly. So you had to take a bus to Mexico? We took a, me and this girl from Toronto, who was an absolute basket case. <laughs> she was a recovering drug addict. Oh, no. And I was, Did you I, do drugs uh, again when she was there? No, luckily she didn't re- relapse. It would have oh. been the place to do it, though. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> Holy. But uh, how it worked was um, I stayed at this surf town called El Paradon, and I, I made friends with her. Her friend Amanda from Toronto, and then the guy that uh, Amanda was really good friends with from Australia, Jordan. And so we were all going to meet at Lake Adelan, but then Jordan and Amanda got stuck in Paradon because of COVID. And Paradon's like two hours on a gravel road, no cell service, no Wi-Fi unless you work for a hostel out there. So they're like messaging me like, dude, we're not going to make it. And then I'm just like, fuck, so that means I'm stuck with Joe? <laughs> like, not talking shit about her, but like. <laughs> was not my cross to bear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I housed this girl, and I took care of this girl, and I got her all the way to Mexico City and on a plane to Toronto without anybody getting stopped, arrested, anything like that. Because we had heard there was a group of guys that left our hostel to get back to Quebec, and they got stopped and had to pay the Guatemalan police to keep going. And with that curfew, 4 to 4, um, the shuttle services as well were like, well, it's it's eight hour round trips. So like we have to watch out for our guys. And so we had to like, I put all my faith in this lady on the mainland and was like, this is my name. This is what we will pay two of us. But like, I, I don't know how to book a boat because a boat has to come get you a launcher and the launches don't start running until 7am. And they had to pick us up at like four. And then the hostel was like, okay, hey, well if you guys leave, like you've, you got to go. So as soon as we stepped out of this gate, it was just like, holy fuck. And it's like four twenty in the morning. And I don't see no boat. Oh, shit. But you heard a little engine. And a little <laughs> tiny lights going around the corner, dude. And they picked us up. But, yeah, it was a... The beacon of hope. It was an eight-hour uh, shuttle ride across Guatemala. We got stopped by the police. Um, the drivers told the police that we were their family. And they let us go. We get to the border town. Um, exchange some uh, Guatemalan Quetzal for pesos. Get hassled by a shitload of... I don't even know. Border people. Border towns are not cool. Get hassled walking past marines with massive guns to walk across this bridge into mexico this girl is literally in tears she's crying and i'm like you got to hold it together like we are almost at this border crossing you got to hold it together she walks up to this guy he takes my temperature bueno waves me by takes hers bueno and she goes really because i feel super hot maybe you should take it again and i'm like shut the fuck up let's go dog like (laughs) dragging her past the security guard get into tapachula mexico We meet some people from Quebec who know enough Spanish to get us a cab ride from this border town into the city to the airport, wait at that airport for six hours to get on a plane to Mexico City, stayed the night in Mexico City, Dallas the next day, YYC that night. Damn, (laughs) dude. Now it calls back to Canada, dog. (laughs) It was gnarly. It was gnarly. 
That's quite the so experience. So when did you start doing? When did you start starting this racket? And then when were you, when were you a ski bomb too? Um, I went to Whistler the winter of 2020 because that Amanda girl that I met in Paradon. Oh, her, like like December. Yeah. So you were there the COVID first COVID winter. Yeah. Then they were like on and off and on and off like as a total shit show. Oh, right? and it was still an absolute riot. And uh, Whistler really messed up because it got to the point to where they're like, well, we're just gonna close the bars at eight. Then you kids can't drink. Well, then it turned into 150-person house parties, man. Like, the yeah. place was just bumping. And they're trying to, like, hand out COVID fines and shit like that. And work in uh, Whistler Mountain and shit's trying to, like, threaten people with their job. And it's just like, oh, you're not going to do shit, <laughs> dog. Like, Jeez. Yeah. It was pretty nuts because, like, yeah, we were supposedly all locked down. But, like, people – I was a sales manager at Roots when I was there just living the dream, man, working right in Whistler Village. And what was your discount? 50%. Sick. Yeah, Roots. dude. I loaded up. Roots is expensive too. Like, if you get a fifty yeah, percent discount, dude, that's sick. Oh yeah, but all their stuff. So I love Roots, man. Like ever since I was a kid, so nice. I love their hoodies, their Beauty. sweats, man. Yeah, um, but people from Ontario, they uh, you know ask me questions, and then they'd be like, "Oh, you're from Alberta? Like we're from Ontario?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, right on." They're like, "Yeah, we locked down, so we'd figure we'd come out here." All right, cool. <laughs> Didn't matter to me to be honest. I really could have given shit, but um, to a lot of people out in Whistler, like especially the locals, they were like so mad. That people were traveling really? to Whistler, yeah, and like threatening. All they cared about was getting their laps in on the mountain. Yeah, they were just like, I swear to God, if people get my mountain shut down again, like I'm gonna fucking snap. And I don't blame them because there's literally nothing else to do there unless you are like, unless you like to do drugs and party. <laughs> like I went there because there was good people I knew, and I wanted to snowboard and just hang out. I'd never been that far. I've been to Van before, but I'd never been out to like Whistler and shit. And it was such a good time, man. Like mm. such good people out there. I loved it. Huh. So then when did you start uh when did you, when did you start doing uh doing this like the comedy bit? Like where did the comedy stuff come in? Yeah, I was uh I was always trying to do comedy for a while, but when I started leaning into the cowboy coal thing, it started to really take off before I moved to Whistler. And then when I like made the commitment to like make the change cuz I was I was working on a continuous rod rig out in Turner Valley working on all the horse horse heads out there and shit and man, I just got I got sick of that. Rigs suck. And we had a really close call. Like this one consultant that we were working with was just being a dickhead one day and he wanted us to go out and, and clean this wellhead off. And they were pumping hot oil on a waxed off well. And my driller's like, no, man, like I'm not sending the boys out there to clean that off. And he got all pissy. Well, 30 minutes later, um, that wellhead blew. And that fucking hot oil shot like two, 300 feet in the air. Yeah, that could have been you, you know? guys there. And yeah. that was literally that, that literal night I called my driller and was like, I'm done, dude. Like, you got two weeks, but, like, I'm over this. Hmm. And he was, like, hardcore, like, well, what about the money and this and that? I'm like, I don't care, man. Like, not worth I'm that. figure out something else. Yeah. Not worth that. So, huh. yeah, things just started to really take off on the on the cowboy comedy side of things. So I took all my gear over to Whistler. Like, I still went to Whistler as a cowboy. That's the cool part, too, is people love cowboys. So you can <laughs> kind of just, like blend in wherever you go and people are gonna <laughs> it's a great conversation starter and stuff and you know i'd walk around the village in my cowboy hat all the time and and it was funny because it was almost not unnormal mm -hmm. because you you would see a group of people walk down the street and there would definitely be somebody in that group that i would be like oh man like they're rocking it because they would just be wearing something wild that i've never seen but they're from like some small town in the uk and that's just style over there yeah yeah but it's something i've never seen <clears throat> But it was just cool to, like, when I go to some shows downtown Calgary, I'll get chirped from across the street. People will be like, Calgary's not till July, and, like, stuff like that. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, man. Calgary's built on train tracks and cowboys, so go fuck yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you uh, you got to get down to the grounds here. Do you want us to? Oh, yeah, I do got to go meet my, my, my sister. 
sister from the same mister. Stampede wrap up with Cowboy Cole. Yeah, that was a heck of a first half, though. Yeah, well, we got uh, we got to his point in this pandemic life. We pretty much got Central to America. Yeah, pretty much got got to where we are today. But it, he's close. Like, he's done some cool shit. Close. He's also uh, works in the movies and does a lot of cool shit that way. But wait, so we haven't even thanked any of our sponsors yet. We have a new sponsor to talk about. Gertie Leather Company <laughs> from Oklahoma. Our friend Ethan Gertie made us a couple belts. Wait, he's got his. Uh, he's been wearing Runs it all at the house. Stampede. Yeah. I got this cool new one with the uh, with the buck stitch, the white buck stitch. It was white; it's already getting dirty. But I think that's just how she goes with the buck stitch. But busted out the jasper buckle again, two ways. Got Good to have that baby it. going. Got the beaver on it there. So thanks out to thanks to Ethan Gertie Gertie Leather Company. So check them out. Check them out on the gram. Check them out on the line. Gertie Leather Co is his handle. Yeah. They got he does outstanding work. I am very I'm so stoked about my belt. It looks great. Stay, yeah, yeah. He, he literally is a stay-at-home dad and does leather work, and it's pretty damn cool. He does premium leather goods, handmade in Oklahoma. Ethan Gertie is the owner and maker. Check him out at GertieLeatherCo.com, Instagram at GertieLeatherCo or GertieLeatherCo at gmail.com. And Gertie is G-I-R-T-Y. Ethan Gertie, looking us up. Got some new belts. We're uh, we're back up in back back in business ways. We can't forget our, friend, we got our friends over at Equilix and Equipride. Proud sponsors of Darcy Flat at this year's Who's, isn't he, is it? Did he win both Cowboys nights so far? Derby. No, he won the first night. Won the first night, but he won, he his, won heat. his heat again. Yeah, so Correct. the Equilix wagon is coming in coming hot. hot. Those horses must be uh, feeling good, Wace. Must be feeling good. They're on their Equilix and Equipride. Equipride is the top dress meal form, and Equilix is a free choice lick tub, and it's the only non-molasses protein on the market. Both options are great for feeding your horse. You can try this amazing horse supplement product by asking your local feed store to bring in Equilix and Equipride today. Thank you to Equilix and Equipride for sponsoring the show the past couple months. It's been pretty cool to have you guys on. And pretty cool to see your wagon doing well at the... Cowboys range on Derby down Stampede Park. So looking forward to checking that out more often. Three days of Stampede, 120 episodes. Cowboy Cole, it's yes. been a fun few days. I'm we're making the most of my few days in Calgary. We're off to take off to TB Creek. Yeah, gonna be a big week up there. Yeah, it'll be good. I get to work with uh, Bob Schmidt and Doug Young, and they announced stands. So I think that'll be super fun. Yeah, the TB Creek committee is also a great group of folks. So I'm looking forward to working with them again and spending four days in the wild. So can't wait to check it out. Be little a sad one. to leave Stampede. I do love as anybody who knows me knows I love Stampede. So mm-hmm. sad to go, but it's been a fun few days so far, and looking forward to a couple more awesome days. And also, we never really talked about. It. I got to do the you also got to do the first few days of the Cody Center Bill busting. Yeah, that was a great show too. I got to fill in for you on the Friday night perf, which was super fun. We had a great time. It was an awesome crowd there. So hats off to Cody for having another successful four shows. Pretty impressive. He can put on a Friday night perf. Uh, during like great during Stampede yeah, and, and, and sell it out and be really awesome. Yeah. So I think there uh, there may be some more to that show next year. I think so we'll th- say that. I think th- man, honestly, I, I think that's like a a like a destination event for Stampede. If you're coming to town yeah. or if you can, if you're a company looking for something to do with your with fun to do with your people, like go check that out. It's such a, it's a really it's a authentically Calgary event. 
It's very uniquely Calgary. Uniquely Calgary. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good deal because good way to put it. you can go, you can go kind of spend an evening with your colleagues or your clients or friends, whatever you want to do in a little bleacher and drink some beers and be up and close and personal with the bull riding. So I think it's really cool. And the team that they bring in there is outstanding, like from FM to um, Jeff and his, and his splash yeah, effects Jeff crew. Backus, and just, Peter Brad, Yeah. It's, it's the, Cody, it's and, the best. Yeah. And then, Rhonda and Jordan, the whole Snyder. And how, yeah. The Snyder family, those, those that they, they hustle to get that thing happening and, and the great Eagle event center. Like they do a good job hosting it and man, it's, it's a cool event. So if you make your way down there, I highly recommend it. I think it's, um, far better than ranchman's now. Oh like I yeah. I used to miss yeah. the ranchman's thing. Yeah. But like now, it's so nice to have the space, and then for them to have the event inside afterwards, like mm-hmm. total game. I think I think that they've, and they've have space and be able found to a good home there. Have, yeah, such a wreck. Yeah, yeah. I think they they really done they really done a good job that they found a good home there. So, I, I I we had a we had a heck of a time on the Friday night. Oh, so anything else out of that? Nothing to add. I'm not trying to cut you off. No, you're good, man. That's all I had. Okay, so we had another one earlier where I did cut you off when we were talking with Cole because I wanted to make sure we got to one piece. I don't don't know if you finished your story. From the beginning of the show. Wanted to make sure you can get that back in if you wanted to. What part of the story? It was right near the start. We were talking about something, but I also wanted to make sure. <laughs> oh, that also, thing. What was that? What that was? No, I, I was. don't remember oh, okay. at all. I'm sorry, man. Okay, anyways. <laughs> but what, like, we have, like, half of our listeners are in the U.S., so we have to focus on some U.S. stuff. And what I wanted to say was that it's Cowboy Christmas, and mm. I don't know what's going on down south of the border. I haven't heard. So hopefully you guys are appreciating the the news from up this way. Well, there's been, there's been some and there's been some Americans kicking ass up here the last few weeks. Yes. Like like Ty Harris continues his heater in the tie on roping. Caleb uh, Schmidt, Ka- yeah, Caleb Winston Schmidt, Anoka, Bailey Show won twenty some thousand in Pinoca, and and her story is pretty cool. Uh, going from like winning five hundred bucks all winter to yeah. kicking ass and coming to climb the top five in the world standings. So the Americans are up here and doing well. And what I wanted to say was we were a little light on some folks in Pinoca. And, uh, yeah, Pinoca, there wasn't as many U.S. contestants. And mm. I wanted to say, if you are in the U.S. and you are a rodeo contestant, don't be afraid to come to Canada. Mm. Mm. Because we got some big rodeos, some big money. Big so rodeo, big money, good stock. You're missing out if you're not coming up here. Hell yeah. There's, there's well, a lot of dough to win in Canada in June and July. And if you're and, and another one, Strathmore in August. Big one. We got a short run, or like one-day rodeo on a Monday. They got a, they got one of their perfs on Monday at, on the long mm-hmm. on the long weekend here, not a long weekend in the U.S. Nowhere, nowhere else you can win that kind of money twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollar one header in mm-hmm. Strathmore and and Armstrong the the, the tour yeah, is there that's a big rodeo yeah we're gonna there's have a, a ton PBR of big there stuff one night too gonna be pretty electric hell that, yeah that venue I'm thinking so uh, and even and even so like even if you could ju- and you don't have to go to many rodeos to to get to the CFR like if you went do some no. winning and you do it right like you the C- yeah. and the CFR is a great rodeo pays exactly. pays a ton of money to win the rounds and you can get everywhere everywhere in the Canadian pro rodeos schedule you can get to from calgary mm-hmm. within about eight hours so hey we love to have you up here yeah our american friends out. and uh, as far as what's going on in the u.s um not much we don't know we've con- we've considered making great. an appearance down at the cheyenne frontier days for one yeah. d- one day rodeo it might be tough to get to but we'll see what we can do we maybe if we end up down there you guys will be the first to know yeah we'll see so uh uh one more thing i want to get to though Wace. we had uh i saw it on instagram this morning and i was kind of disappointed because we talk about having not enough bronc riders and not enough rough stock guys. Mm-hmm. And then I see a video this morning from a rodeo, and it's a novice saddle bronc horse that just is like they're highlighting the fact that it's one of the rankest horses of the rodeo, and it's in the fucking novice saddle yeah, bronc riding. That's not how you do it, man. Just want to say, if we're trying to build cowboys and have a uh, future in our sport, we probably shouldn't put the rank ones in the novice. Yeah, 
Just no. saying. And, and, that, and that goes down the line of like the, the, the novice and even then the steer riding to the junior bull riding. Like you don't need to be kill- like You got to build confidence. Yeah. And, and I think that's like a there's a big gap between the the industry the, the the bucking horse and bucking bull industry where they've a lot of time and effort was put into that to make it what it is today. But now we need to kind of focus back on building up our athletes and giving them opportunities to grow and become become the pros that we need right now. Mm-hmm. To be like we talked about, even like with Cole, there is a, there's a shortage of personnel but there's also we're seeing a shortage on the rough stock side of things and that's getting to be pretty scary because there's not many folks coming down the line to yeah kind of fill the gaps as guys kind of move on in their careers so if you're a contractor and uh you got to rank one please don't put it in the novice <laughs> please don't hurt the give people. us the old nice campaigners in the mm-hmm. novice get those kids some confidence and uh you know if they want to ride bronx let's let's try and help them instead of kill them off hell yeah nobody gives a shit if you got to rank bucking horse if you're not gonna have any bronc riders for it in the future so yeah hell no that's not the way to do it um yeah i don't got anything else waste you got anything else well we got one, more, one thing. more thing to talk about yeah with our friends from equilex we're back hey horse people we've teamed up with equilex necker pride who are all in one vitamin mineral and digestive supplements they have zero starch zero sugar zero molasses and consist of probiotics or prebiotics digestive enzymes and broad amino acid profile they're awesome. They are so great. They're excellent for hoof growth, your horse's coat, and colic issues. If that's not enough, with all all the nutrition packed into one supplement, you will save 20% on your forage needs, which we all know hay is not cheap these days. Hey. So, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, try, so try these amazing horse supplement, supplements uh, today. Check, Talk to your feed store. Ask for Equilux Necker Pride. They'll fix you right up. If you want to win your chuck wagon racing heat, Run Equilux, just Equilux. like Darcy Flat. If you don't use Equilux and Pride, then fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah. And, that, and, and Gertie Leather Co. Thanks again to our friend Ethan from Gertie Leather Company, G-I-R-T-Y Leather Company. Makes belts, wallets. Mm-hmm. Makes all the things. Anything you can think of out of leather, if you want it, he's got and it. And he does a Check hell of a job. GertieLeatherCo.com. Check him out on the gram. Hell yeah. At Gertie Leather Co. Our friend Ethan makes nice work. So if you need some leather products, give him a shot. Give him a shout. Let him know that. Uh, Let him know that Ted and Wacy sent you. Yeah. All right, folks. Um, this is a middle of the stampede show, so we're tired out. And this we'll is see you on the other. See you on the other side. Have. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Sister cries out from her baby bed. Brother runs in. Feathers on his head Mama's in her room Learning how to sew Daddy's drinking beer Listening to the radio Hank William sings Collagen and Dear John And time marches on Time marches on